Today, the candidates who want to serve you is Overton County General Sessions Judge, Putnam County Commissioner, Cumberland County Commissioner, Pickett County Commissioner, and Cookville City Councilman. Welcome to Meet the Candidates from Live Rock 95.9 and News Talk 94.1. I'm Tom Duggan. Today, our series continues where you get the chance to hear from the candidates, where they stand, the issues that are important in their minds, where they want to take the Upper Cumberland moving forward. We begin today's program with Daryl Colson, who is seeking re-election to the office of Overton County General Sessions Judge. Judge Colson, it's good to have you on the program. What was it that got you interested in, in I guess, the legal aspect of things, wanting to get involved in law and such? Well, you know, back when I was in um, law school, I worked as an investigator with the Department of Children's Services at that time. And what I did back then was uh, work in the child abuse investigations where we would get out and be involved with children and families that were suffering from abuse and neglect and those sorts of things. And I saw that there was a need for children and families to be represented and to have a good advocate to help them and uh, in the court system because back in the 90s, that was a very unnavigated area in the law. And so I thought that's what I was going to do. And so when I went to law school, I uh, put a focus and emphasis on that. And that's kind of been the driving force of what I look to do is to do things that benefit families and children. What other steps did you take along the way before reaching the General Sessions judge position that kind of reinforced what you wanted to do in that regard? Well, of course, you know, I've been licensed to practice law since 1996. And uh, in that time frame between 1996 and 2014, when I ran, that, uh, in that uh, time period of 18 years, I handled literally thousands of cases involving children and grandparents' visitation rights and, uh, you know, uh, abuse and neglect cases, and uh, just really got a good grassroots feel for what families and children are facing And, of course, you know, the problems that families are facing has evolved, and it's continuing to evolve. And the issues that families face today, there's new issues that they weren't facing 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, so the law has to evolve, and the candidates have to evolve, and the judge has to evolve in order to meet those needs and those problems. Judge Colson, for folks that may never, ever stand before a judge, what all does the General Sessions Court judge do? Well, the General Sessions Court is the what we call the Court of First Appearance for Criminal Cases. We have jurisdiction over misdemeanor offenses, and we have jurisdiction to conduct preliminary hearings in felony cases. Uh, felony cases then go on to the criminal court if they go further in the court system uh, where they are dealt with after they go to the grand jury, and then they come out in criminal court. The other thing General Sessions Court does is it has jurisdiction up to $25,000. So it's Tennessee's version of the small claims court. And uh, the other thing that General Sessions Court does is it has family law jurisdiction, which means that it hears divorce cases, paternity cases, custody cases. And uh, also the juvenile court is uh, the general sessions judge is the juvenile court judge as well, which means we hear all of the dependency and neglect cases, the abuse cases, Um, All of those issues, delinquency cases, all of those cases come to the General Sessions Court Judge. Over to County General Sessions Court Judge Daryl Colson is our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, Judge Colson seeking re-election in the upcoming August election. Going back to dealing with families, especially children, Judge, what are some of the more prevalent and yet difficult things that a General Sessions and juvenile judge does face? Well, the biggest problem we're seeing in our community is addiction. Um, That's just a growing problem. Uh, It's continuing to be a huge problem. It affects the criminal law side of the General Sessions Court, in which many of the criminal offenses are driven by addiction. And it also uh, impacts the juvenile court side, because today the overwhelming majority of juvenile cases that we deal with are the products of addiction, parents who are unable to raise their children because they're suffering from addiction. 
So addiction is the biggest thing that we have to address in the court system right now. Um, and that's the, some of the areas that I have really focused on. And when I ran for this job in 2014, that's what I promised to address was addiction. Because until we get addiction under control, uh, we can't get the criminal problem under control and the family law problem under control until we get the addiction issue under control. And that's what I have devoted a significant amount of time and resources to addressing is the addiction issue and how to treat it. Judge, what are some ways that you have addressed that and been able to get people help that need it? Well, several ways. Um, the, the biggest thing and, the you know, the, the, my pride and joy for the General Sessions Court is, of course, the Overton County Recovery Court. Uh, recovery courts have proven to be the most successful tool in the judicial system's toolbox to address addiction. And I was able to obtain a 100% federal grant to fund the Overton County uh, Recovery Court uh, back in 2015. And that is a court-supervised intensive probation in which people who would who are suffering from addiction issues and generally minor petty offenses, criminal offenses, um, either they would be in jail, costing the taxpayers twenty-seven dollars to $35,000 a year, or they would just be on standard probation, not being supervised that often, continuing to break the law. So with the recovery court, we identify those individuals who are high risk and high need, and we place them into a treatment program, which is one of the treatment facilities that are already out and available in the community. And we drug test them three to five times per week. They're held to strict accountability standards such as um, drug, you know, drug testing. They have to have a job. They have to pay their bills. They have to support their family. They have to do community service. But most importantly, they have to get treatment. So by going through that program, we have seen a, a remarkable um, success rate here in Overton County. The number of people who have completed it continue to do well afterwards. And that's the key. And recovery courts are so successful. That's why the governor has expanded his budget to include them. That's why the federal government is expanding to include more recovery courts, because they work. They're much cheaper than jail, and um, they're more effective than jail, and uh, they get the job done. The other thing we've done is in juvenile court, we've implemented what's called cognitive life skills training. For juveniles that get into trouble, we have a program that's been proven, started in Idaho, that's um, proven to be successful, uh, addressing the specific needs of each individual juvenile, such as a juvenile that's got a problem with marijuana or has a problem with opioids or bullying or a multitude of issues. We can tailor specific courses that address those issues and teach the juvenile how to handle those issues, and that's called cognitive life skills training. And uh, that's proven to be very successful. So we've implemented that here in Overton County and having remarkable results with that. Um, so those are just a couple of the many ways that we address addiction uh, here in the court system and um, really having some real good luck with that. Daryl Colson's been our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, he is seeking re-election to the position of Overton County General Sessions Judge in the upcoming August election. Our next guest on Meet the Candidates is Will Mullins. Now, Will is challenging for the office of Overton County General Sessions Judge in the August 4th election. Will, it's good to have you on the program. What led to your decision to run for General Sessions Judge in Overton County? Well, I've um, I've been involved in the Justice Center for some time. As some may know, some may not know, my family have been attorneys in the Upper Cumberland dating back all the way to the 1940s. So uh, becoming a lawyer was almost a natural choice for me. So prior to becoming a an, an attorney, I worked in the Clay County and Overton County Sheriff's uh, Department as a sheriff's deputy. So I've had the experience to get to meet a lot of people on both ends, uh, uh, both ends of the law, both as a deputy and also a defense attorney now. And um, I, I'm passionate about Overton County. I'm passionate about uh, helping the people of Overton County. I think um, the General Sessions judgeship has a big impact on the people of Overton County and can help truly affect the people in a good way or a bad way. And um, I think that I can uh, bring things to the bench that is able to help the people of Overton County in a positive way.
my plan is to help. The drug issue in Overton County, as most everyone knows, Overton County has a significant drug issue, and I think that I can implement plans in place to um, reduce the issue and help the individuals that struggle with addiction to get, get the help they need. Will, for folks out there that may never step foot in a courtroom and stand before a judge, what does a General Sessions court judge do? <laughs> yeah, I get asked that question a lot. So General Sessions Court is the lowest level state court in the state of Tennessee. Um, it does not have the right to dispose of any type of felony cases. So um, if someone is arrested on the streets for a felony or a misdemeanor, that, that would be the first court that they come to. If you're arrested for a felony, uh, it would be a court in which you could um, either plead guilty to a lesser included offense as long as it was a misdemeanor, or you could have a preliminary hearing or bind it over to the grand jury. The only cases that in criminal on the criminal side of General Sessions Court that they can dispose of would be misdemeanors, so all the way up to a Class A misdemeanor, which holds a punishment of 11 months, 29 days, is the highest um, level of crime that it could dispose of. In its civil jurisdiction, it also is more akin to what probably more people are used to hearing is small claims court. It has civil jurisdiction to hear cases up to $25,000, and that's it. So if someone sues someone for $25,000 or less, you could, in fact, file it in General Sessions Court. The Overton County General Sessions Court, my private act, also has family jurisdiction or domestic jurisdiction to hear divorces, custody cases between uh, married individuals. And the General Sessions Court here in Overton County is also the juvenile court. So it would hear the Department of Children's Services cases, and uh, any other cases in which uh, there would be juveniles involved. Will Mullins is our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, he is challenging for the office of Overton County General Sessions Judge. Will, what do you think the most important characteristic is in being a good judge? In my opinion, the most important characteristic in being a good judge is to be fair and consistent to everyone and apply the Constitution fairly to everyone, no matter your name, your socioeconomic status, whether you're poor, whether you're rich. Whether you're one year old or 100 years old, the Constitution is to be applied fairly to everyone regardless. And I think it's good for a judge to remember that the people that are coming in front of you are still human beings. Regardless, no matter what kind of crime they've committed, they're still human. Now, you can do your job, but you can treat people with decency and respect and kindness. And that's that's what I feel is uh, the good characteristics of a judge is to apply the law fairly to everyone and treat everyone with fairness, kindness, and respect. In making your decision to run for this office, were there any particular issues or events that maybe factored into that decision? Well, as, as I pointed out earlier in the conversation, um, it's no secret that Overton County has a significant uh, drug issue. Um, it's come to my attention throughout running for this race that um, you know drug arrests in Overton County have skyrocketed. And um, it's also no no secret that um, crime is up in Overton County. So my question is, you know, as, as I've been approached by a lot of people in Overton County, what are, we, what are we doing about these problems? What are we doing to stop the revolving door that's coming through? As most of us know, we can look through the newspaper and we see a lot of the same people all the time coming to court. And it's what, what, what are we doing with these people? Why are these people still out here committing crimes? Are they not learning their lesson? Uh, are, are we not trying to help these people's lives? Are we not trying to rehabilitate them? Are we not looking at all the options to stop the crime e- epidemic in Overton County? And that's that's a big issue. Also, when I looked at it, you know, it's no secret I practiced in Overton County General Sessions Court, and I, I've seen some things that I didn't agree with, and uh, I, I, I can't be a citizen of Overton County and, and, and live in Overton County and not and not try to change those things without going into it. I was interviewed yesterday, and I can't really go into a lot of the details because it would probably disclose a lot of attorney-client privilege and things, but uh, I've, I've firsthand seen some things that I did not agree with and that are not constitutional, and um, I think it's time for a change. I think we've seen a lot of things go on in Overton County here recently also, and, and uh, it's time for a change. It's time for uh, Overton County's leaders to reflect the views of the majority as again it's no secret to this either but Overton County is a is a majority of conservatives and we have democrats in control of a lot of our public offices and i think it's time that we have conservative leaders matching the views of the majority 
uh, the values and the morals of the people in Oakland County. Will Mullins, what are some things maybe you've learned on the campaign trail that you weren't quite aware of as much beforehand? So just some things that really stand out that you've learned while out campaigning. Well, as I said there earlier, you know, I've come to realize, you know, a lot of people in Overton County are disgusted with the revolving door. They're very upset. They don't know why uh, someone, you know, gets arrested, goes to court, pleads guilty, whatever happens, and then they're right back out on the streets again doing the same crimes or nothing's changed. So people are really wanting to know, you know, what what, what are we going to do? How are we going to fix this problem? Now, judgeships are a unique um, election office and it's different than the sheriff or the district attorney in which you know they can really say you know i'm going to do this or that but it's unethical for judicial officers to say what we're going to do so when i've been asked that question been posed that question it's really hard for me to answer that question in an ethical manner Um, what i can say is you know i will i will apply the law fairly to everyone and we're going to have consistent sentencing you know it's it's going to be the same for everyone regardless of who you are uh what your name is what you know what your socioeconomic status is, it's all going to be the same. So that's one thing that I've learned. Also, I've learned that um, this drug problem that we have in Overton County, as I pointed out um, earlier, you know, when we, in 2015, we had 180 drug arrests in Overton County. Right now, we're statistically set to have 680 drug arrests in Overton County. So I've learned that we're not helping the drug problem in Overton County. It's getting worse. So you know, I want to implement programs and implement things that help the problem or help us reduce the problem and not make it worse. Will Mullins has been our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, Will is seeking the office of Overton County General Sessions judge in the August 4th election. If you are going to court, you need the very best. You need a specialist with proven experience and results to get you justice. Cookville attorney Henry Fincher is who you need. He's a Harvard Law School graduate. He's recognized as a national super lawyer. Henry Fincher is a certified specialist in civil trial, elder law, and family law. No other attorney in Tennessee has more certified specialties. Don't trust your case to just any lawyer. Hire the best. Hire Henry Fincher. One storm could change your landscape. Don't let that happen. Call Putnam County Tree Service to get the trees trimmed, dead branches removed, stumps ground. All it takes is one strong wind to damage your home. Putnam County Tree Service can help with the heavy branches to keep your trees healthy and strong. Call 528-3828, 528-3828 to protect your home, your landscape, your family. Putnam County Tree Service, make the call this week. Our next guest on Meet the Candidates is Robert L. Owens II. Now, Robert's name is going to be on the ballot for Putnam County Commissioner in District 10, but Robert now is officially, unofficially, I guess you could say, not running for the position. Robert, what has happened since you first decided to run for the position? Well, I have uh, worked as a part of uh, Tennessee American Legion Boys State for a number of years. And this past year, um, I was asked to serve as the director beginning uh, with the the class of 2023, which will be next year. And um, that's a very uh, time-consuming position, if you will. You know, and it really picks up probably around January. We really begin to plan uh, in earnest for um, Boys State, which, which always takes place in May on the campus at Tennessee State. And uh, my wife and I had a conversation and said, you know, you're going to have to choose between the two. And and I felt like my reach and my impact would be uh, longer and deeper um, by by working in a, in a higher capacity with Tennessee American Legion Boys State as in that director position. And so that's, uh, that's kind of why I made that decision. Um, and, and so that came after the deadline to withdraw. And so, you know, people will still see my name on the ballot. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what's going on with that. I know it's kind of odd, but, but, uh, that, that's it. 
Robert, of course, you never know when life's going to happen, so to speak. Certainly a great opportunity for you, and I know we wish you very well in that. So, folks, again, to recap, Robert L. Owens II, his name will appear on the ballot for Putnam County Commission out of District 10. But, again, Robert is officially, unofficially not running for the county commission now as he has accepted a new position as the head of Boys State. Robert, before I let you go, I do want to talk about just uh, some things that of interest that when you did decide to run, what was it that kind of factored into that, and why did you want to be involved with the county commission? Oh, that, that's a great question, and and I'm, I'm glad to answer that question. So for me, it's all about service, and I had some – I had some folks in leadership within uh, within the, uh, the county that have, that have said, "Hey, you know, you've done some good things at Tennessee Tech and in the community. Uh, it's maybe a good time for you to consider running." And you know, and I, it's been something that I'd entertained since I was a, a, a much younger man um, that I knew I would do as I matured, and I thought this might be the time to do that. And I explored it a little bit, and the next thing you know, people kind of heard that I picked up my papers, and and I was really just again trying to explore it, and you know, want to pray about it a little bit more, and um, the next thing you know, people had seen it in the paper, and you know, saying they would support uh, me and all of that, and I just said, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and jump in, um, because I feel like you know, I've you know. I've always been a leader. Since I was in, in grade school, I've been a leader. And I enjoy being in leadership positions. You know, I pastor church, leadership at Tennessee Tech University. And and I feel like I could do our community some good as a county commissioner. But, Tom, I'd also like to say this, and, and I try to tell this to people. I was not running because I thought that our commissioners um, that, that represented my district in particular had done a bad job. Um, you know, I think sometimes that's why people run for office. Um, that's not why I did it. It was because, you know, I had some folks who said, hey, we'd be interested in, in supporting you, and and I like to lead, and I want to serve our community. So that's what it is. And, and, and I would say this, you know, I was running as an independent, um, not as a, uh, a Democrat under the guise of independent, um, and I was, and obviously, I was not running as a Republican. And I had some people that came to me and said we w- we would like a different voice, you know, from that standpoint, you know, because re- Republicans kind of run the the um, the local government, and so that was another reason why, you know, I was I was interested in running and did run was because I had multiple people that came in and just said that, and then I fit that bill, you know, <laughs> I was running as an independent, so. Um, yeah, you know, and I, Tom, I look forward to, to potentially running again in the future. Um, you know, in four years from now, I still live out in the county. We'll just have one child left in our house. Everybody else will be, you know, in college or even graduated from college. And, and maybe I would have even a little bit more bandwidth um, to serve at that time. So um, this is maybe not goodbye, but just uh, not right now. Not right now. Robert L. Owens has been our guest this morning on Meet the Candidates. Robert, thank you for taking time to to join us and to tell us what's going on. Again, folks, Robert's name will appear on the ballot for Putnam County Commissioner in District 10. His name is on the ballot. He has withdrawn from the race, although he withdrew after the deadline has passed. So, again, his name will be featured on the ballot. Robert, we wish you the best in your new endeavor, and uh, we may see you, as you say, not right now, but we may see you on down the road. That's right, Tom, and I'll be out and about still serving in different capacities in the community anyway. I I love Cookville, and I love Putnam County, so I'm glad to be a part of it and, and help where I can. Appreciate the time. Next up on Meet the Candidates is Jeff Lane. Jeff is challenging for a seat on the Cumberland County Commission in District 7. Jeff, it's good to have you on the program. What led to your decision to run for the Cumberland County Commission? Uh, just too much wasteful spending, and, and nobody's watching. Jeff, kind of elaborate on that, some of the areas that you see that uh, the spending is being wasteful and some and some ways you feel like that can be corrected. Uh, I work at sanitation. I'm, I'm maintenance man at sanitation. And 
the ones in charge now, they don't care to blow money and they don't care to, they don't want to save none. They'll throw good stuff away just to buy new. Jeff, what experiences do you feel help make you a good candidate for the county commission? I used to run two businesses of my own, a farming. I used to have a packing house and pack beans, and I had a farming business. I raised them, about 3,000 acres a year. And I and everything come out of my pocket. Nobody nobody had a budget that uh, I I had to answer for my own budget, and I didn't I, I couldn't go go to the county commission and ask for more money because I bloated. it. What are some other areas of concern, Jeff, that you see that you feel like the county needs to address? Uh, the county employees need more pay, or we ain't going to have none. Just speaking from sanitation right now, they have three people at grades on the line, and that's it. And they ain't going to get nobody nobody else until they up, up the pay firm and uh, get somebody that cares to be there. The ones that's there now, they're never there. The directors and the assistant directors never there. I am maintenance. But I have to drive a truck, too, because I have CDL license. Are there some specific things, other things also, that you feel the county needs to do a better job of? Uh, better, better roads. Uh, the county hasn't mm-hmm. even mowed the sides of the road this year. You know, the sheriff department, they, they spend whenever they shouldn't be spending for things that we don't need because I'm... I work right beside of them, and I see it, you know, the things that they buy that they don't need. Jeff Lane is our guest on Meet the Candidates. Jeff is seeking a seat on the Cumberland County Commission out of District 7. Jeff, are you seeing a good amount of growth in Cumberland County, and are you pleased with the amount of growth you're seeing in the county? Oh, it's, it's unreal at the growth that Cumberland County's had in the last two years. Unreal. And we're and we're not keeping up with it. If we don't do something pretty soon, there's going to be a heck of a tax rate hike. Jeff, as you talk to voters around Cumberland County and your district in particular, what do you hear from them in terms of their biggest concerns? Uh, roads. That's their biggest concern is the roads. If you are elected to the Cumberland County Commission, what would the voters in the 7th District be getting in Jeff Lane as their county commissioner? Uh, they'll be getting somebody that will, uh, that will listen and don't care to buck the system. Jeff Lane has been our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, Jeff is seeking election to the Cumberland County Commission in District 7. Incumbent Cumberland County 7th District Commissioner Jerry Cooper declined an invitation to participate in this program. If you are going to court, you need the very best. You need a specialist with proven experience and results to get you justice. Cookville attorney Henry Fincher is who you need. He's a Harvard Law School graduate. He's recognized as a national super lawyer. Henry Fincher is a certified specialist in civil trial, elder law, and family law. No other attorney in Tennessee has more certified specialties. Don't trust your case to just any lawyer. Hire the best. Hire Henry Fincher. One storm could change your landscape. Don't let that happen. Call Putnam County Tree Service to get the trees trimmed, dead branches removed, stumps ground. All it takes is one strong wind to damage your home. Putnam County Tree Service can help with the heavy branches to keep your trees healthy and strong. Call 528-3828. 528-3828 to protect your home, your landscape, your family. Putnam County Tree Service. Make the call this week. Introducing you to the men and women who would like to represent you, getting your vote as we head to the polls in August, specifically looking at the race for Cookville City Council. And one of those candidates running is Luke Eldridge. Luke, why did you uh, make the decision to try your hand 
uh, as a Cookville City Council member? Well, I've worked with the city for the last few years on some topics and some things going on when it comes with homelessness or housing. Uh, I get calls a lot from either Mr. James Mills or a few of the city council members asking questions. Um, and I thought, you know, I think it's a good time for me to put my name in the in the hat and see how we go. Hopefully I'm blessed enough to be there. Uh, so I've got some ideas and some ways that we can work together and hopefully do something about this housing or the homeless situation. There are a few of them that are hurting, but mostly, you know, we got panhandlers that um, we need to address and figure out what we can do to, if they need help to help them, or if not, we've got to come up with a solution because I have seen some of the aggression when it comes to panhandling. Um, almost actually rear-ended somebody the other day because they stopped at a green light. They stopped to give somebody money. And I had to slam on my brakes just to avoid that. And it's like, we can't be doing that because of safety issues. Um, but if they need help, we need to help them. And I'm all for that as well. I think there's a common ground and there's some common sense stuff we could do to assist them. The other thing is um, I've always served in the community at some form or fashion, whether it be I'm a youth leader at our church. So I've been involved with the churches and serving multiple different avenues with that. I, I just, I, I love to serve. I love to serve my community. I love to serve the people of it and hear their, what's going on and try to come up with some solutions. Um, I love to problem solve. And I think, uh, I think with just the experience I've had over the last 10 years with my jobs and what I've done, I think I would be an asset to help our community continue to move forward. What do you see the role of the city council as being? The main thing is, I think I just alluded to it, but I think one of the biggest things is we are just we are the we are the tier of leadership that when the community sees a need or they have not a complaint but a concern or a complaint that we need to look at and listen to them. I think our job is to serve and to serve our, our constituents and serve those that put us in and vote for us and hear what they have to say and then present that to James Mills and the department heads and. I don't think one thing we do is we don't control or cause to control, uh, to have cause control over what really goes on, but just a voice. Hey, this is what the citizens are saying. Now, obviously, we're going to vote on things in the budget, but, you know, we got great department heads in our city anyway. They do a fantastic job, and we just got to make sure – what they're wanting and what's going on is to make, we just got to make sure one thing they do is they're not asking for stuff out of reach. And I've never seen them not do that. So, which is great. But I think the main thing is, is just listening to our community and seeing what the community wants and then be an advocate for that and listen and try to bring those things in that they see to best um, fit the community and also hear the problems and see what common sense or what solutions we could come up with, with to navigate these next few years, especially right now, because there is a little uncertainty of what's going to go on in this country with everything, inflation, and the politics of it. So I think our job is to just be that, to be that beacon and to be that voice for our community and make sure we maintain uh, moving forward in a progressive, in a, good, in a good way. It is one of the things that is sometimes misunderstood, and I would use the word, not putting words in your mouth, but micromanagement. And, and the city yeah. council's role is not to do that. I agree with that. I don't think our job is to micromanage at all. I think James Mills and they do a fantastic job at hiring the right person for the jobs. I've never ran into a department head that I didn't think that wasn't fit for the job. Um, I've been around it long enough to see that we've done a really good job. And I don't think my job is to go in there and micromanage the police department, micromanage the fire department, micromanage any of it. My job is to listen to the community, hear what they want, bring it to the department heads, or bring some ideas. I'm not, if we hired them to do their job and they do fantastic. So, no, we should not micromanage at all. Luke Eldridge is our guest as we talk about some of the issues facing Cookville as we all head to the polls here in the next couple of days. To the point of growth and to the point of uncertainty, uh, no one knows for sure the collision course that those two things are on. But if and when either one of them happens, we're going to face tough decisions. 
How do you, as uh, a leader in, in your work and in your social life and in your church, how do you try to face tough decisions? What do you? How do you go about trying to make decisions when when faced with those kinds of things? Well, you know, we always think we're prepared, and there's always that one thing that maybe blindsides us. But I think with slowing, I don't want to say slowing down, but just being mindful of the direction we're going and being good stewards over what we're already doing and what we already have, I think by doing that, it'll set us up. If something does happen, we'll be prepared. Um, I know with even my personal life, so I just think about, let's think about budgets, think about finances. In my personal life, me and my wife, we have a budget. We have certain things that we do. Um, we have certain wants and we have certain needs, but the needs are or stuff we always have to pay for. It's the house mortgage, it's the cell phone bill, it's the car, it's the gas, it's food. Um, with those, we have a budget for that. And then our wants fall in line there. And if it's, if unfortunately right now with inflation, I think they said the average is inflation is costing families 350 plus extra a month. So some of our wants go to the back burner for right now. We always make sure we have the needs. So when it comes to financing and budgeting, we have that budget set. Again, everybody does a fantastic job at setting the budget for the city. And if there's wants we have and we can do it as long as we're in budget, that's great. If not, we may have to put them back on the burner for a little bit, and that'll be okay. Uh, We'll eventually get there. Good thing is we're in a conservative style of community and we, I think we have done a very fantastic job, and James Mills and all of them have done a great job at making sure we have what we need. So it's just that moving forward, you have that plan, but always have that money set aside or always have that thing set aside in case something does happen. And then pulling together our resources and our leadership to everybody in the community, bringing those people to the table that need to be to help us make a better decision. I don't think one man can do it. I think we got to work as a team and Our community's done that fantastically over the last, Lord, since I've been here for working professionally in this community for 10-plus years. Luke Eldridge, I bet if I collected a dollar from every time a city council candidate has heard the discussion of traffic, uh, that that we might could pay for a new road. Uh, We could. But the issue is, in many cases, there is really very little that the city of Cookville can do. And it relates to TDOT, especially when... Your two biggest uh, streets in town are both city, uh, state streets, as in Jefferson and Willow Avenue. So I'm curious about communication. How do you try to get the point across to citizens who are saying, we need this, we need this, we need this, and at the same time trying to make sure that our voice is heard in Nashville? That's Yeah, I have actually uh, talked with Mr. Ryan Williams on this before, and he he and I have talked briefly on it, and uh, you're right, it is a, a decision. These roads are, we can't do much about them. Um, we just got to keep talking to our constituents. That we got to keep talking to our representatives and saying, we need help, we need help. You help us talk with TDOT and reach out to TDOT. And we just, what do they say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So we just keep talking to them and showing the need we need. Now, I think me, Ryan, he and I were talking one time. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but he, you know how this works. We can talk to him, and we'll get on their list. And TDOT seems sometimes to be a little slow at moving on certain things. Um, but it's a big state. we got a big state and a lot of needs across the state. And we just got to keep addressing this and just continue to talk with Ryan or any of our representatives so they can talk with TDOT and the state said, look, we need you in here to help us with this because it, we're growing. We continue to grow. We continue to have more people moving here and the roads are just getting, number one, there's a lot of traffic on them, so they're getting beat up. But number two, we're getting a lot of jams. So it's just that continued communication and understanding that this is going to take some time, but hopefully, eventually we will get there for sure. Finally, Luke, if someone casts their ballot for you, what are they getting in a council member? I've been asked that quite often. And, you know, one thing I've been reflecting on that, um, one thing you'll get is a hard worker. I I come from a family. My dad, on my dad's side, my my grandpa, he was a contractor. Hard work, hands-on, 
he built a lot of homes in Cookville. He built a lot of homes in All Good. Um, on and my grandma was a stay-at-home mom. She had my my dad's one of six, and so she had her hands full. But my on my mom's side, my grandpa owned a shuttle mill and All Good, and hard work. Um, my mom, she was more. She taught me how to serve. My dad taught me how to do hard work, keep your word, do everything you can to get the job done, whatever it takes. So you're going to get the hard work, and you're going to get the servant's heart as well. And you put that together, I think you, it forms a really good leader in the community to make sure we get things done, to stay on top of things, to li- listen to people. My mom is one. She listens very well, and she just taught me that. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm, I've got the conservative values. Uh, you're just going to get somebody that is well-rounded and has will sit there and evaluate and think about everything and not just jump the gun just because, but to think about all the pros and cons and get all the information and talk to the other people who've done this before me. Um, I'm, I don't think I have all the answers. I know there is uh, a lot of wisdom and a lot of counsel. So by doing that, and I'll I'll be able to bring forth a good judgment. I'll be able to bring forth a good quality, strong front, and be able to assist this community in a way that it that it that it needs and wants. I feel because I, I listen. My phone number is I think everybody pretty much almost has it. If they don't, they'll get it. And I, and I love to listen to our community and listen to the people. So you'll I'll listen, and I'll I have that hard work and dedication. And I just, I sacrifice my life to serve my community because I care about it so much. And my family is behind that too. And they help me in that as well. Luke Eldridge is a candidate for Cookville City Council as we ask for you to head to the polls and cast your vote. Luke, thanks for being part of Meet the Candidates. I appreciate it. It was an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much. If you are going to court, you need the very best. You need a specialist with proven experience and results to get you justice. Cookville attorney Henry Fincher is who you need. He's a Harvard Law School graduate. He's recognized as a national super lawyer. Henry Fincher is a certified specialist in civil trial, elder law, and family law. No other attorney in Tennessee has more certified specialties. Don't trust your case to just any lawyer. Hire the best. Hire Henry Fincher. One storm could change your landscape. Don't let that happen. Call Putnam County Tree Service to get the trees trimmed, dead branches removed, stumps ground. All it takes is one strong wind to damage your home. Putnam County Tree Service can help with the heavy branches to keep your trees healthy and strong. Call 528-3828, 528-3828 to protect your home, your landscape, your family. Putnam County Tree Service. Make the call this week. Next up on the program is Andrew Connor. Now, Andrew is seeking re-election to the Pickett County Commission out of District 4. Andrew, thank you for a few minutes of your time today. What got you interested and wanted to be part of the Pickett County Commission? Well, Tom, I, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. Uh, I originally ran for the commission four years ago at the age of 21 when I ran the first time. I attended a few of the meetings and uh, before I decided to run a year a year or so before I grew up in Birdstown. I went to school in Birdstown. You know, I lived in Pickett County my whole life and I wanted to help our community out. I've done this interview in the spring to kinda of echo what I said then. I, I just uh, I really enjoy being being the voice uh for the people in our district. What are some things maybe that you see differently now than you did when you first ran four years ago? Uh, there there's quite a bit. Uh, there, there's a whole lot more that, that goes into, uh, you know, like the tax rates uh, and stuff like that and setting up the budget every day, how the county is run. Andrew, what are some of the biggest issues that you feel are facing Pickett County right now? Well, we've been working on closing down the, the landfill the last few years, and that's something that, again, that I'd like for us to get finished out. Uh, I mean, uh, here recently we've... Uh, We've been trying to use some of the, the grant money that we got through uh, COVID, and we've been working on replacing ambulance, doing remounts on them, and just trying to help, like I said, better the EMS for our county. We helped purchase a couple 
uh, vans for the school system to help get teachers back and forth to trainings and stuff to help help them. And and just things like that, uh, I like being able to, to do that because in the end, all those things help better the people, not only in my community, but the rest of the, the county-wide. Andrew Connors, our guest to Meet the Candidates. Again, he is seeking re-election to the Pickett County Commission out of District 4. Andrew, when you talk to local voters and your constituents, what are some things that they share with you in terms of some of their concerns? To be honest with you, I was the constituents in the fourth district, because I've, I've got the, uh, luckily, I, I speak for, for really good people. My neighbors, they, they seem to have supported me good through the through the last few years. Most of the time, if I, if I get a call, it's about, honestly, most of the time it's about county roads, if I can help help with the road and stuff like that. But most of the time, I don't really get just a whole lot of questions from from my constituents. Andrew, as we wrap up today, if you are reelected to the county commission, what will the voters in Pickett County District 4 be getting in Andrew Connors, their ongoing county commissioner? The voters in the 4th District, uh, if I'm reelected, they can rest assured to have honesty and they can trust me. I mean, like I said, Tom, I, I love our county. I love Pickett County, and I, I love being able to be the, the voice for the people in our county. And and the people in the fourth district, they can they can rest assured that they're going to have honesty if I'm reelected. And uh, most of the people, everybody in the fourth district, they can they can call me if they have any questions at any time. Uh, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. But again, I, I just uh, I want everybody in the fourth district to know that I. I really appreciate their support that they've given me the last four years, and uh, and I, I look forward to, to maybe serving them for another four. That's Andrew Connor Again, he's seeking re-election to the Pickett County Commission out of District 4 in the upcoming August election. Incumbent Pickett County 4th District County Commissioner Darrell L. Garrett declined an invitation to participate in this program. Up next on Meet the Candidates is Chris Massengale. Chris is challenging for a seat on the Pickett County Commission out of District 1. Chris, thank you for joining us today. What led to your decision to run for a seat on the Pickett County Commission? Well, I've, I've always been community-minded um, and like to uh, to serve and, and to help in any way I can. And uh, it wasn't that anything was wrong. I just have always uh, been in and around public service my entire adult career. And uh, it just seemed like uh, something I'd like to try to do. Chris, what experiences in your life do you feel help make you a good candidate for the commission? <laughs> well, well I'm, uh, I'm the father of eight. Uh, that's my primary job uh, and probably the most important one. Uh, I've been, like I said, in uh, I am a paramedic. Uh, and I, I teach emergency services. I, I'm the director of the of the Overton and Pickett 911 Center. Uh, I'm the, uh, the director of the Overton County Emergency Management. I've been active in the community here in, in Pickett County for, for many, many years and served and, and worked alongside uh, many uh, government uh, officials here out of, out of Pickett County and, and the state of Tennessee as a whole. Chris, what do you see as some of the biggest issues facing Pickett County right now? Well, I haven't heard of anything that was, you know, outstanding that, that we needed to be addressing. Uh, of course, there's always, no matter what, there's always room for improvement, no matter how good things are. Uh, but, of course, what people are concerned about, number one, inflation, uh, taxes, uh, roads, emergency services, uh, ensuring that those things are, are available and, and working well and, and uh, serving the people that, uh, that pay for those taxes. So I always said I didn't mind paying taxes as long as I could see you know, where those taxes were going, and I don't. I think as, you know, as long as the people of the county can see that they're getting a benefit from their tax dollars, uh, which I think they are, you know, as long as they can see that the effort's there and, and the funds are being spent in the appropriate way, and there's good transparency throughout, and I think uh, I think you have a well-oiled system. Chris Massengale is our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, he is challenging for a seat on the Pickett County Commission out of District 1. Chris, during your campaign, as you speak with the uh, local voters, what are some things that uh, you speak with them about? What are some of the concerns that they're sharing with you? 
Well, it's, it's like we said, uh, it's, you know, the rising cost of living, being able to travel, gas taxes, inflation, interest rates, uh, coupled along with all the, uh, the, you know, the, the things that they have to pay on a daily basis. Some of the things we've been trying to do, uh, the current administration and myself as well, is uh, you know, have things like food drives uh, for people that are, uh, you know, on, on either have no income or low income. Uh, my grandfather was was a uh, in this community where I live now, over in the uh, Fax and Robinstown community. And I had many people come up to me over the years when they found out who I was and who my my grandparents, my parents were that thanked me for for uh, my grandfather sharing. And he always put out a a huge garden uh, and would always share that with people in the community and. You know, if he had money to to work people, he would work them on his farm. He had, a, had quite a big farm back here, but that was something that always stuck with me. Was that people would say, if it hadn't been for your grandfather, we would have all starved to death. And so that's one of the big pet peeves that we, since we've been doing this for the last few years, doing these food drives and giving food away, it just it touches you to be able to see people come through that line that are in need. And, you know, they're crying because that what that item that you're giving to them means something. It means that they have, you know, food on the table, that they're able to, to make a meal. And we have a lot of people in, in Tennessee, the, you know, the country, not, not just Pickett County, that are on a, on a fixed income. My mother is 84 years old, and uh, she's on a fixed income. And if it wasn't for the things that people in this community do. And this community has always been a giving community. If you're ever hurt in need, there is always somebody in Pickett County that will come to your aid and help you. Uh, And you don't even, a lot of times you don't have to ask for it because the people in this County have always amazed me with their kindness and their gratitude and their, you know, their uh, willingness to help others. Chris Massengale has been our guest on Meet the Candidates. Again, Chris is challenging for a seat on the Pickett County Commission out of District 1 in the upcoming August election. Incumbent 1st District Pickett County Commissioner Sheila Moon declined an invitation to interview for this program. That's today's Meet the Candidates. If you missed any part of today's show, be sure to visit News Talk 94.1 online for the on-demand audio. Our producer is Jake Wallman. Thank you for joining us for Meet the Candidates. I'm Tom Duggan.